I'd just go into panic and hope. Like I'd be down four hundred, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars, and that six hundred, seven hundred, a thousand, and I just go into panic. But now it's almost like a game of like how good can I be at cutting losses? How disciplined can I be? Now it's like if I'm down thirty, forty, fifty, sixty dollars, I'm like fingers on cover, and I'm like if I lose more than two hundred, I'm like pissed. You're listening to the Steady Trade Podcast, a podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Steven Johnson, the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Today, you're listening to episode 123 of the Steady Trade Podcast. In this impressive episode, Stephen explains how he grew his account 500% in only a couple of weeks, and the new mindset he has, which made it all possible. Stephen, take it away. Welcome to the Steady Trade Podcast. We look at the soup du jour, SES, that set the stock market on fire and we look at through how through conscious and disciplined trading, there's money to be made on the long and the short sides. As I mentioned in the introduction, we're reviewing a trade as well as the trade performance of our number one wacky co-host, Stephen Johnson. So, um, you know, we were kind of doing a little bit of banter before the, before the episode. And, uh, you know, it's impressive what Stephen has done. And as much as I love to give him a hard time, I mean, Turning, uh, you know, I'll let him give the hard stats. I just kind of heard the rough summary, but I think he's turned recently turned a $700 account into a $4,000 account into a matter of weeks. Now, many of you may be jaded. Many of you may be like, Oh, $3,300 in profits, big whoop. You know, I spent $3,300, you know, on my mortgage payment last month or whatever. I mean, whatever, whatever that money is, but I'm, my point is, isn't that, well, to me, I mean, to me, $3,000 is still a lot of money. I wouldn't throw it away on anything, but my point is, uh, what we're going to talk about, the reason for the topic is how difficult it is to take that $700 account and turn it into a $3,000 account. I mean, you, that is, I mean, in, in internet lore, in, on YouTube, on Twitter, you will p- see people talk about this all the time about doing that, but seldom have I seen it, it, it proven. And, and Steven is, is, is proof of that. Now, one thing I would, I do want to point out, he's got a lot of, lot of experience. I mean, if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you know, he was trading for a year before he joined the podcast almost two years ago, but doesn't make it any easier. If anything, I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast. If, if, I mean, I've been doing this for 13 years. Um, if, if you gave me a $700 account and told me you got a couple weeks to turn this into four grand, I would be very, very concerned about being able to accomplish that. So, um, as always, welcoming back Kim, um, and Kim Ann Curtin, our, our new and, and, uh, much welcomed, uh, co, Host, well, I guess we're all co-hosts at this point, and then Stephen as well. So, welcome back, guys. Yeah, nice to be here. 
I'm excited yeah. to learn about what you did, Stephen, because what I see on the screen is really impressive. So you have to explain it. No, I mean, for, for me, it was over six weeks. I, I turned six, like, it was crazy. I turned, I turned $600 into three and a half thousand, and then I left it, and then I left it in Thailand on one day, and I forgot I was in a position, and I blew it up. So then I thought, if I can do it twice, then, I, then I'll really know I can trade. And then I turned 680 into four and a half thousand now, 4.5K. So like, so then like, I'm like, all right, I've grown my account like 500% now in six weeks. Like I know, I know I can do it. And if you can do it with small amounts of money, you can do it with larger amounts of money. How, how long did it, the, the, you know, the previous time before your adventure to Thailand? Um, same, same five weeks, four Roughly five. the same time. Interesting, interesting that it yeah. took, it took. And I tell you what, this is one thing, very different markets as well. I mean, you know, the last time was probably like what, August, September, or when did you do it last time? Yeah, I think I did it. I did it like May, May oh, to July or okay. May, to, May to July, and then I blew up, and then I went August to October or whatever. But um, but no, I mean it, it's you've just got to take the opportunities when they come. Like I sat for three weeks not making any money, but like nothing would come on for two weeks. Be up two hundred, down two hundred, up two hundred, down two hundred. Then Vive came, and I made like two grand on Vive, and then and then I was stuck for a while. And then SES came and I made like two grand on SES. So like there's your four grand straight away. Do you know what I mean? But you've just got to wait and know the right opportunities. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm, if, if you're on YouTube, if you're not, you know, if you're on iTunes, you can always jump over to the YouTube. But what, uh, what we're going to be talking about is SES. And we're recording on October 16th, 2019. Um, this is, you know, uh, this, this was kind of the bringer back in Steven like language of the low float mania. Um, and, you know, again, you can bring up this chart uh, starting on the 11th, which would have been last Friday. You know, the stock started out gapping up, um, dang near a hundred percent. Yeah. It was, gapping it was up. up. I remember, I remember, I, I, I shorted it on the first green day as I typically would with no idea. Like I shorted it at, uh, I shorted it at four up from two. I shorted it like maybe in the three eighties or something like that. Um, no idea I was going to go to 24, 25. No well, idea. but that's, you know, that's the biggest thing is, you know, and, and people will, you know, they'll, they'll, if you're watching on YouTube, they see this chart and, and they hear Steven say, he shorted it, you know, at three or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, Tim's <laughs> gonna lose his mind." No, yeah. no, I'm not gonna lose my mind because you know what Stephen did? He cut the loss. I mean, now uh, old Stephen, yeah. old Stephen, you know, six months ago, a year ago, Stephen would have wrote it all the way up, ran his account down to one penny, and then flew to Thailand again. But new Stephen shorts early, but knows what could potentially happen, so he cuts that loss. Oh uh, no, I, I cut so many losses on the way up. I, I cut so many losses on the way up. And, and a lot of them, I cut the losses and went long because I knew that there's a lot of old Stevens out there <laughs> who are not me, but they're very much like me. It's like, it's like, I'm the real Steven, the real, real Steven and everybody else is just imitating. It's like, I'm some shady, but I'm Steven. I'm the real Steven. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of so Stevens out there. What's yes. different? Thank you. Thank uh, you. What's no, different? It, uh, um, it's, uh, something, it's, I've got a little, I've got a little Sudanese guy in advertising a copywriter and it, everything just clicked from a while ago. And it's, it's, uh, it's, I've seen the same situation so many times and I've seen shorts get stuck so many times. I've seen longs get stuck. I've seen shorts get squeezed. 
seen lungs jump in on on a on a quick volume spike. I, I've seen the same thing happen so many times that I'm more prepared. Uh, I'm more prepared for what's going to happen. And then when you're more prepared, you can seize the moment more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've just seen it all before. I've just seen it all before. And and Tim Bowen said years ago to his. I was like, what do you, what patterns do you play? What do you do here? What do you do then? He said, ah, I just trade price action. And I'm like, that's a really weird answer. I don't get it. But from what I understand from it now is like, I kind of just trade price action. I just think, uh, have I seen this before? What's the likelihood of this happening? What's the likelihood of that happening based on three years of watching? And I'm like, ah, it's more likely that this is going to happen. I better get out. Oh, it's more likely this is going to happen. I better add size because it's going to go my way. So, so Kim, so I would did uh, this in six weeks. He did this in six weeks, and then, and then before the uh, vacation in Thailand, you did that in six weeks. Have you ever done uh, nah. done it before? Six weeks, nah. and then nah. six. Nah. So twice nah. in a row. Yeah, I've never come even close. I was always up and down. I was always like making some, losing some, making some, losing some, and then before that, I was losing, 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 losing. But then all of wow. a sudden, in the last, in the last maybe four or five months, I've just constantly knowing how to cut the losses and where and i'll make the odd mistake like i cut a 700 dollars loss a couple of weeks ago and it was just sad like i was like oh, made a mistake lost 700 but, that, but i've never lost more than 700 in three or four months you just know where the losses are coming and you know where the gains are coming and you know what's going to work and you know what's not going to work and if you're wrong you cut it tight so kim i, I, I would like your your yeah. your input on this so i you know i'm just a caveman but, you know, so the analogy I always use is at some point, and, you know, and Steve and I have talked about this, you know, and I get asked a lot by listeners, you know, how do I, how do I quit taking the big loss? And the answer I give, again, is very crude, I guess you would say. But I tell them, I'm like, listen, at some point, you will get sick of this. You will get sick of burning your hand on the stove. You will get sick of ruining your day, your week, your month, hating life. And when that time comes and that loss is growing, it will click to you that I am not going to do that again. So I use the burning the hand on the stove analogy. What is the more educated? What is the more educated? Well thought. I mean, what is, what is happening in Steven's brain these last (laughs) few months? Well, yeah, geez, that talk about a Pandora's box. That, that, this be, what, what is happening in Steven's brain? This is like a 48-hour episode. But in, in this particular instance, what is happening in Steven's brain in relation that he's, you know, what, what's going on? Why, why is he able to do this now three years later? I, I, I do think the hand on the stove is a great metaphor because it, ultimately what I think this is about is being with what's so. You know, there, every, everything he just said about, I am seeing now all the permutations of how it could go. And I recognize them. That's what I'm hearing him say. So what it tells me is, first of all, the experience is there, right? You can't, you can't kind of be with reality until you understand what reality is. And you can't be with the truth until you, with the truth. So it sounds like he, for whatever reason, and it, and it ha- has no doubt probably to do with just his experience. He just keeps coming back. He keeps playing. He keeps coming back to the same thing, regardless of what happens. And after a while, you just start to see what is so, and you're not in resistance to it or think it's an anomaly. Now you know, oh, this is what happens sometimes, and I'm going to go left instead of right. 
finally. So I, I, I got a question for you, Stephen, but I want to follow with with you, Kim. So, um, do you think? I mean, I mean, and, and obviously, I know it's just your opinion, but do you think that it's just you know he had to reach that point where just psychologically, he's like, I've been through this enough, and it's just like that breaking point. Is it? Do you think that? And 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 follow up is I think, but what do you think? I mean, is that point? just different for everybody. Maybe somebody does in a month, maybe someone does in a year, maybe someone takes 10 years. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I, I go back to one of the episodes we recorded, Stephen, when, you know, we were talking about kind of the, the, the bumping into this. And one of the things you said was about being present. Like you realized you really weren't present to your trees. And I, I felt like that aha moment for you, seeing that, has kind of made you now be maybe more present to your trades. And if you are really present to the trades, then of course you would see things maybe uh, that maybe were showing up before, but for whatever reason, they just weren't as noticeable. And now they're noticeable. I, I think that might be part of it. No, what for sure. The, the, the t- for sure. We, we had a call and we talked about uh, – awareness and thought process before you take a trade in question and the reason and the rationale when you take a trade. And and then it was then that the 700 account turned into three and a half thousand. And I was like, wow, I had this, this chat with Kim and then it's turned around. And then of course, every now and then you slip up. I made the mistake of, of going out and leaving, not realizing the trade was on. But then I thought, but then I had the confidence to think I can do this and I know the process and how it works. And, and now at, I don't really go through the self-reflection of why am I taking this trade? I'm more like, because I used to be like, why am I taking this trade? What's my mindset? What's the psychology? I don't do that as much anymore, but that was the turning point for me. Now it's more just, it's more like this is a low float with high volume. I need to have, uh, I need to be careful. So I need to be like half size. So if it does go wrong, I can take full size. Then if it goes wrong again, I've got to, I can just cover. So I'm much more cautious. I'm much more like always, always plan for the worst case scenario. And if that means that you take less profits, it doesn't matter as long as you take profits. I, I think it's so important what you just said about, I think that's, you know, kind of what I would say is consciousness, right? In the world I live in, right? You notice that, wow, maybe I'm not really present to my trading. And so you started the exercise of what is the motive behind my trade? And what happens is when you do that for a few weeks, three months, whatever the time span is, you get to the place where you evolve past that. You don't have to check in anymore because you now know that your trading is not motivated by making money back or because you're bored or whatever the reasons are for anybody. It's like now you've gotten to the place where your trading is informed by just the consciousness to trading. And that's the only motive here. And even when I'm hearing about you coming back from Thailand, you have this confidence you're saying you didn't, you were like, of course I can do this again. And that because you weren't taking it personally, now losing that, like, okay, you forgot to shut it off. That's not the same thing as a reflection of your abilities. It's a totally different thing. So you didn't take it personally. And then you went right back in determined to like create it again. And you did because you were in a whole nother space, less drag. But isn't that fascinating? Because beforehand it was like, I want to take this trade to win this, or I want to take this trade to feel good. 
But the second time after I blew up in Thailand, I thought that's, that's not fair. Like I thought life has dealt me a bad hand there blown up in Thailand with that, with Roku. And I thought, I know how to do this and I'm going to prove I can do it again. So I knew, so I followed every step and I, and the whole plan was just make sure you make money to prove that you can get back to 3.5k. Just, just do it all. So that was my motivation behind every trade to cut this, take this, follow these rules. And it's not about feeling good. It's about the end objective. I don't want to say unemotional, but, but I kind of do because it's kind of like you, you were less, it was less personal. You, you just, you had a goal. You didn't allow, you know, that internal kind of gremlin talk to get this distract you. Like you just got, you were just really clean in your energy of motive. If you that was, that was, that was my point. What, what, the visual I had, um, and, and this, this shows me as a child of like the seventies or the probably in the eighties is I, I remember like this, this cartoon where <laughs> and I, I'll, hopefully I can find it. And, and maybe I'm imagining this. Maybe I'm, I'm just, maybe this is false memory. But what I felt, felt like with Steven was like this when, like, and, and let me know if you agree, Steven, when you're in those bad trades, did you just like detach and like you mentally just go somewhere else and now you're staying here? Or, or am I like imagining things? No, it's, it's so weird and hard to describe. And I'm so, I feel so blessed that I can tell people it because it's so fresh. So it's such good advice for other people who are going through the same. But it's like, yeah, it's like I'd just go into panic and hope. Like I'd be down 400, 300, 400, 500 dollars and that 600, 700, a thousand. And I just go into panic. But now it's almost like a game of like, how good can I be at cutting losses? How disciplined can I be? And like, now it's like, if I'm down 30, 40, 50, $60, I'm like fingers on cover. And I'm like, if I lose more than 200, I'm like pissed. Do you know what I mean? Like me fingers, like how tight can I cut losses correctly? And every now and then I'll cut a loss where I would have won, but it, that's, that's okay. It's more of a game of how tight can I consistently cut losses? And be right. Oh, so I, I actually, I, I know the reference. I, I know the reference. I, I've, this is, this is, do, do, do you guys, and I, I doubt Stephen will remember, but the, 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 and it was, it was driving me nuts. The vision, do you remember the drinking scene in Dumbo? <laughs> no. <laughs> the classic Dumbo cartoon. No. When Dumbo gets drunk. No, I, the baby I, I elephant. Dumbo, this this, this tells you how, old. you know, when, when, whenever people are like, why are like, you know, you know, like old people, you know, if you're a millennial and you're like, why are so old people so weird? Okay. There was a scene in the original Dumbo where like he goes drinking and the pink elephants, the dancing pink elephants were what I was thinking. I the human's consciousness leaving when he was in a bad trade. So that may be a reach. I'm not saying this analogy works. But it was bugging the heck out of me. I saw I saw these this drinking in a cartoon, and it was Dumbo from like whatever 1968 or whatever. So well, it's, it, it's a great because if you're not grounded, I mean, what it sounds like, Stephen, is what I hear when you describe even the sharpness of you cutting your losses. It just sounds like there's you're anchored to the ground in a way that maybe wasn't there before. Like you're just very present. You're, you're in the moment. You're not in the emotions of what is going on around that inner voice of the gremlin. Like, oh, you could this. Oh, that could happen. It's like you just have kind of, I just can't think of anything but a swimmer 
in the Olympics, you know, they shave their body down before they swim. So there's no drag. So their time is even less. And it just feels like you've shaved off all the kind of, uh, Minutia that kind of distracted you from being in your wisdom because you have the wisdom, you have the experience, but you're connected to it now and always processing that as opposed to hearing maybe some other thoughts or distractions. Yeah, no, and, and, and they're all like, it's the one thing as a trader to be a good trader, you need complete presence of mind. And the one thing that you have in your first year of trading is a complete lack of presence of mind. Because when you've got money on the line, your heart's beating, you're sweating, your hands are sweating, you're shaking, you've got a million thoughts of panic running through your head. But I can honestly say now, I mean, honestly, I, 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 when I won a thousand dollars the other day or eleven hundred, went to bed not bothered. Like I went to bed almost a bit sad. I felt a bit down for no reason. I think I was down because I wasn't happy by winning eleven hundred dollars. But then I'll lose seven hundred dollars, eight hundred dollars, and I'm like, fuck it. And, I, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to be verbose or bragging some way of arguing, win this and lose that. And it doesn't matter. It's the yeah. fact that over three years of trading, I've got so cold to the wins and the losses yep. that I've got complete presence of mind. See, and I think back to again, when I got started, it, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, it's tough to remember the time frame. I'm going in my 13th year now that I'm 75 years old. You must but, have to make a loss to, uh, to anything, You must have no, to make No, it I mean, I'm going back to the point where I got sick of those losses, yeah. you know, you know, to where you're at now. Um, I mean, I don't, I, I don't remember probably 18 months. I'm guessing is about what it took me. I mean, and now remember not saying 18 months is better than Steven's three years. Some people do it in a month or whatever, but, um, it, it, I, I remember that. I remember being there, man. I remember being there. Like you did it again. You did it again. When are you going to stop doing this? So but can, can I ask Tim? I, I think it's going to take people longer too. You know, just yeah. want to say this, Tim, and even you, Stephen. You know, Stephen, you're working another full time job. Most, I think, a lot of the people that are probably doing this initially, they have full time jobs. They do other things, so it, their experience of tasting this is probably going to take longer. So bake that into the recipe that you know until you see these losses and get sick of them enough which is going to take longer if you're just doing a little bit on the side. Keep that in mind. you, you got to have that and, runway. And one quick side note before we move on. If you're watching on YouTube, I've had this dream sequence going. Yeah. What? 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 Jeez, oh, Pete's, man. What kind of madness was Dumbo? What, what kind of LSD were those people on? But anyway... <laughs> I mean, I was just kind of casually watching it in the side. That might be the most insane thing I've ever seen. And I, you know, that's, you, you took like babies to watch this movie. But anyway. But, uh, so, Stephen, let's. I kind of want to see it now, maybe with the drunkness. To so, Stephen, um, let's, let's kind of, let, let, I think we've talked about the psychology. Let's, let's talk about SES a little bit and yeah, let's, yeah, let's kind of head home on this episode here. So, SES set the market on Fire, on fire, on fire. Honestly, I've, I've, I have not seen a, such a rapid change in the market ever in, in like three, four years or three years that I've been trading. The market was absolutely dead. SES popped up 80% and kaboom. Now you've got 200, 300, 400% runners every day. And it's scary. Like the, it, it's scary. Like I'm scared. I'm scared to short. 
And I mean, if you, uh, you know, if you're, uh, you know, our, our friend Tim Sykes, I'm sure many of you follow him. You're aware of him. You know, you'll hear him say supernova, supernova, supernova. I mean, <sighs> if you're, you know, you know, SES was a $2 stock and in two trading days, it was a $26 stock, a 1300% move in, you know, basically a day and a half. I mean, the weekend was in between, but in trading time, a day and a half, it went thirteen hundred percent. That, my friends, is a supernova. Yeah, and 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 uh, and you, it's so funny when you get the trash talk as on Twitter. I had this guy who was saying like, "Oh, I'm in from two dollars fifty. I'm a long term investor." He's like, "I'm <laughs> I'm holding this up to fifty. It's going to fifty. That's me target." Like when I got to twenty six, I said to him, "I was like, look." Take half at least. Oh, Just God, take it. Because you might be a long-term investor. I don't know the fundamentals, but I've seen this pattern a million times before. Oh, this'll be a, I mean, li- oh, if you're, li- if you're listening to this, I mean, no offense to your buddy there, but I mean, we're recording on October 16th. As much as I love SES, and I mean, I only made a dollar 25 a share on this I, stupid thing, but, but if, if, if you're ever considering long-term investing in these low float stocks, Check on this stock, put it in your calendar for like March 1st, 2020, and I will bet you a shiny quarter this is a $2 stock again. And if anything, it's probably, well, I don't know how many listeners are out there. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I was, I was expecting something bigger, but I think shiny quarters is the way to go. I don't want to pay out to our 5.6 million listeners a dollar a piece. Okay. So, but anyway, Stephen, Stephen, finish your point. So. No, but I mean, just in general, SES, um, it, it gapped up back on, is it the 11th of October? We'll have yep, there. yep. Would have been Friday. It gapped up Friday morning, the 11th. Yep. Yeah. So. And, 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 and honestly, SES was a, it, it was the typical play where it gaps up and fails every day. If you, if you look at the daily, we don't have to go back now, but if you look at the daily, it, it, it constantly has these huge wicks. And this is good for Kim because Kim's learning, tr- like learning trading. Yeah. You can see, uh, you, you can probably spot some of the wicks. You can see big gap, gapped up, came straight down, gapped up, came down, spiked in, and you had the wick. Uh, and if you scroll along a little bit more to present day, you can, you can see the wicks, right? Wick, wick. I can see four wicks straight away. Yeah. Right? So, so that's what we, uh, you know, into those candlestick charting, learn people learning it out there. You know, these are what these big wicks and small bodies are, you know, basically called like a doji candle. Um, what I refer to them is that's a one and done chart. You know, that's the yeah. type of, when I say one and done, that is a, that is a put down for a stock. You know, it's a stock that spikes, spikes big. Yep fades and then you you can see i mean so again back to like some of these doji candles i mean they basically they spike huge but they end the day almost unchanged hell some days they go red on the day and then yeah. in the case of ses you can notice this is the biggest thing i want you you know newer traders to focus big doji candle red day okay big do then the next day's red next day's red so these are stocks that back to steven's imaginary friend touche who's holding this thing <laughs> to 50 you know you never want to stay long these stocks because they spike they drop and then they fade you know which which is yeah. what ses is doing now so no and 90 99% of the time they're a short stream the exception is when these stocks get huge <laughs> volume and when they get huge volume 
all of the shorts get trapped, then the shorts have to cover. When they cover the bye, then longs recognize this, so they go long, and uh, you get fireworks and you get a supernova. But uh, so just to explain though, when I initially took this, I was like, this is up 80%. The volume is like 20, it was like 80,000. I was like, okay, I think I can write this down pre-market comfortably. If it, if it spikes up above, I'll just cut it. If, if, if it fades, all the longer term shareholders will just get out. It'll dump and I'll make money. And, and I took a thousand on, on that pattern. And then, uh, but then as, 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 um, when I covered, cause I was like, it's down enough. Pre-market, it started rising, it started ramping, it started getting volume. This is when I started thinking, our oh, SES is manipulated, it's got something behind it, or it's actually got valid or valuable news. And there was, there was, a, it, it was some sort of merger and, and there was a lot of uh, shares and that needed to be sold, right? If, yep. if you looked into the SEC at all different prices, there was a uh, dilution of shares that needed to be sold. And, uh, as it happened, it ramped and, uh, I, I, I was short. I took a roughly a thousand short, but I was, I was out fast when it ramped. Do you see that? Do you see the kind of in the afternoon? If you just go right, yeah. Do you see that point where it just ramped? Where it pushed up to 80? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was out on the first, maybe the second green candle when it, when it pushes with volume. Yeah. It, right. Exactly there. I was out at three in the three thirties, three forties. I went long. Cause I was like, all the shorts are going to get squeezed when that volume came in. I was like, everyone's short. Everyone thinks it's going to fail when that volume came in. I was like, this could be a terrible squeeze. So and you got a you got a high a day, you know, ten minutes day, before yeah. the close on a Friday. I mean, you know, if, if, yeah. if you stay in short this stock, hitting the high uh. on a Friday afternoon, please close this podcast. If you're listening in the car, close the podcast. Google like psychiatric help and drive to the first one on the map. If you stayed short this thing. <laughs> Into the close on a Friday, so yeah, I know. But I mean, I I've I recognized. I was like, ah, this is this is gonna squeeze. So I went long three forty, and I was shaking because I can't long. I'm I'm terrified at longing. I, I was shaking, and I was like, I got from three forty to three seventy five or something. I was like, ah, oh, two hundred dollars. I was like, yes, it's <laughs> like yes. Yeah, two two hundred dollars in what a minute and a half? Yeah, in a couple of minutes. But then, <laughs> then, then four, then five, then eight, then nine, then ten. But yeah, Tim, what you said there, if this thing can ramp from three to six, uh, in the afternoon, what will it do with light trading in the after hours? Because in the after hours, it's significantly less trading, but that means that if there's enough buyers and there's, and it's, and it's light trading, it can move even faster. And that's why you've got that crazy ramp from five to nine or whatever it is. Nine, almost damn near nine fifty. Yeah. You've got yeah. people getting squeezed there without even knowing that they're getting squeezed because they've shut it down. Well I'd hope they wouldn't shut it down. I hope <laughs> that's a scary, scary uh thing to happen. But yeah, and then and then the next day I was like, I'm not I'm not shorting this. Because it's too scary. I was like, this this it's your typical Tim. This is your typical week open. Oh, yeah. And again I took yeah, I took right here you know, it's uh, almost forget, embarrassing. Forget. It's embarrassing to admit <laughs> when, when you look, when you zoom out on the chart. So I bought that high of daybreak at 1075. I sold it 12. I'm like, <laughs> buck 25. And I was happy and I'm not complaining, but yeah, you know, so same thing, same thing you did on Friday. I sell into that rip a buck 25 a share. And then yes, it proceeds to go to 26 the same day. You know, I only, I only sold, you know, Fourteen dollars a share soon. You know that's not bad. You know, not bad. <laughs> you don't know though. The market's been well, so right. slow. It's been so slow exactly, and exactly, so short yep. bias. You just you just waiting for SES to fall like all of the others, 
but it doesn't. And, uh, and that's the beauty of socks and then it, it changes the entire market. But yeah, I, I, I'll try to go long, um, on, in the first 10 minutes. Like I wait, I didn't obviously go the first opening candle cause that's mental and reckless. Exactly. But I wait, I waited for like some, like that's a five minute chart, but I, I was trying yep. to go like long in the nines, nine twenties. Okay. Um, 10 minutes in and it, and it, and it, and it broke nine and I was out, I was out at nine as well. Um, so yeah, that, that first bounce I went long on, is it? Right here. Yeah, that yeah, first bounce I went yeah. long on and it, and it failed. So I got straight out. I lost 50 bucks. Then yeah. I, then I had the bright idea of going short. And again, uh, I covered immediately as soon as it started squeezing. So I was like, Oh, here it goes again. And I went long and made it back. So I made, I made no money on this day. I, I, I didn't really, uh, I, I lost a little bit long. But then I, and I lost a bit short, but then I made it all back with a small long. Well, I tell you what, and we'll, we'll, let's, let's bring this episode home. I got one more question for you because this episode is about mainly about you. But, uh, yeah. one point I would like to make is I tell you what, you're trading. I mean, again, and this is a, a compliment to you. I mean, you're trading the most volatile stock in six months. You're going long and you're going short. <laughs> Excuse me. And your bad day is a break even. Shit. Man, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of newer traders that would kill, you know, if they attacked this stock multiple times, felt like they were early multiple times, and then they end up scratch or down commissions or down a hundred bucks. That's again a sign of maturity, I think. So. No, it's just, it's, it's just being familiar with price action, but, but, uh, at the, the, the real golden tickets and the, and the, the, what I would learned, what I'd saw on the, on the day that I'd, I made 1.1 thousand the next day and, and it was such a, it was such a, um, an easy short for me. And, and when I explain it, you, you'll see it. Um, on, on the next day, when you build a case, Tim, you've got, it's gapped down. It's, I mean, it's, it's up a ton. So that's your first short factor. It's due for a pullback. Your second short factor is that it's gapped down. So you've got two things there. The third short factor is that you've got like, is it B, B, I, M, I, B, me? Yep, yep, that was, that was, that has stole all the headlines. That's what all the traders looking at. So no one's even looking at SES anymore. Great point. Great point. Then your fourth short factor is this stock hasn't even got any volume. It's traded 24 million the day before. It's trading 2200,000 pre-market before the open. So by an indicator at standard, it's going to trade a couple of million, three, four, five million. It's previously been trading 25, 26 million on the day. So if most traders are long, and, and no one's watching it anymore. It's going to drop. And then when it starts to drop, all the longs are going to panic. So when you've got four bearish indicators and no bullish indicators at all, you, you can, and you can start to think, right, this is a textbook guaranteed short. So I still played it safe. I still as, as half, half size in, two thirds size in at me maximum. Cause I was still scared cause it's a low float. But I, I wrote that down 30, 30, 20, 30, 40%. I was in and out all day, but I wrote that down 20, 30, 40%. And, and, and there was never a stressful moment. I was never down more than a hundred bucks in bucks. What I want the listener to do is if, if, you know, often, often on this podcast, I rant and rant and I, you know, to you, the listener, and I yell at, I probably yelled at Stephen out of, on about 50 of these episodes about shorting these low float stocks. Remember. I am not anti-short selling these stocks. What I am against is shorting them day one. <laughs> now, if you don't, I won't go over it again because Stephen did a very good job. Hit that little back 30 second button on your iPhone and listen to what he said about 
Day three, fading volume, gapping down. There's a new low float du jour, okay? That is when you short these. So if you see my Twitter or you hear me ranting, I'm ranting about Friday, okay, when this thing went from three to nine. What did it do Monday? Nine to 26. That's why I rant. Now, what Steven said, that's when you short these things. That's where you don't blow up your count, and that's where the high risk to reward setup is. Well, like, well Steven, honestly, I got a question for you, and we got to get out of here. Um, so, number one, I'm freaking very, very, very impressed with you. Um, I still, you know, I often say, I've said it on the podcast many times, I love you, but I don't like you. But, <laughs> But I am impressed with with what you've done, and what do you think? I mean, I mean, what do you, what do you think's the like the number one thing? Like, I know it's hard to pick one thing, but but before we get out of here, like, what's number one that's allowed you to turn basically five hundred into four grand twice in in a matter of months? Uh, it's, it's that, it's that hard to explain because like you, like for me, I kind of, I do understand what's happened, but I don't, but it's, it's the culmination of a lot of things. It's, it's fixing the psychology with Kim, uh, realizing the awareness and why you're trading and getting into the good habits of why you should be taking a trade. And then from that, I've got into good habits where I not only take a trade for the right reason, like before I was just, yeah, I, I, before I was just trading to, as in a bad psychological state where I was just trying to make money or I was trying to prove something, but sometimes you make the wrong decision to prove the, the wrong thing or the right thing. But once I'd fixed me psychology to be like asking why I was taking a certain trade in every situation, then I got myself into a good mindset. And then when I had the confidence and I'd proven that I could do it, and I, and I, then it was a whole other mission. It was like, I know I can do this. So I was just like, you've got to cut this, cut this loss when you know that the loss is here. You've got to take the right size when you know it's going to go long. So it's 50% psychological and it's 50%. I've just seen it so many times that I can be completely present with and emotionless. Perfect. Kim, did you have any closing comments? I think it's just all about not taking it personally. You know, it, it's, it sounds like the biggest key to this is your ability to track what you've seen before is going to be more on point if you're not personalizing it and realizing that this and what happens on the screen has nothing to do with you as a person and everything to do with, you know, you bringing as much neutrality to the equation as possible. Fair enough. Well, again, um, would like to thank you for listening to the Steady Trade Podcast. You know, a few things for reference. Again, um, if you're listening along, just, just to kind of recap, if you do want to follow along, remember our episodes are all on YouTube. So if you want to see the charts we're talking about, one of the easiest ways, you can go to SteadyTrade.com. All the YouTubes are embedded. Or you can just go to YouTube, search Steady Trade, find the episodes and see the chart. Or... You know, again, if you're listening to this way after the fact, I think it is a, a great chart. I would love you to bring up the chart of SES from October 11th, you know, to today, 
or even further, but, but bring it up starting on October 11th. S E S is the ticker. Um, check it out. You'll see what is amazing about these stocks, why we talk about them over and over and over again and the potential, you know, long and short. I mean, if you can, uh, if you're aggressive on the front side, there's a ton of money to be made. And if you can be patient and stalk and wait for the, for the, for the hype to fade, there's a ton of money on the short side. And that's, that's what we love about these stocks is if you have the ability to spot them, which we talk about all the time. Stocks to trade is obviously a great tool. There's a ton of opportunity, long and short. So we'd like to thank everyone for listening, and we'll see you on the next edition of the Steady Trade Podcast.